Welcome to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, where we interview the world's leading CEOs, business executives, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and authors. Our mission is to learn the strategies and tactics that have helped our guests succeed in business and life and share those lessons with you so that you can become the Bulletproof Entrepreneur. My name is Chia Dogu, and I'm the co-founder and COO of Dogu Media Group. Dogu Media Group is a podcast marketing and new media agency that helps corporations create and amplify their story via high-quality branded audio content that builds a community of highly engaged fans who are their ideal clients for their premium products and services. And now, without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Bobby Umar. Bobby is recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 100 leadership speakers in North America. He's also a five-time TEDx speaker and a social media influencer with over a half a million followers across all social media platforms. He's an authority on authentic networking, personal branding, and digital connection. He's the author of two books, including the Amazon number one best-selling book, an Amazon number one best-selling book, I apologize for that, as well as a frequent contributor to Hobson Post, as well as many other media publications. I'm pleased to have Bobby on the show today to tell us a little bit more about how to build a better personal brand, building digital connections, and of course, mastering the art of networking for professional and personal success. So with that said, Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm uh, very excited to be here. Awesome. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit about yourself. I went through your bio on LinkedIn, and I've seen your website, and I know you have an engineering background. You've been in media. You've also been in um, entertainment as well, and now you're a professional full-time speaker. So tell us a little bit more about your career trajectory and how you built a career around your interest till now that you now stand alone as a public speaker, teacher, trainer. Yeah, so I think the general idea was uh, after I graduated from university in engineering, I got a job as an engineer, which, you know, I knew I was going to do, but I found it to be very unfulfilling and boring, and I felt a bit stuck in my career. And so while I was there, I decided to start a musical theater company, and it was like, it was my side hustle. I started producing, directing musicals, direct, and performing, and it was a lot of fun. Grew that organization to about 120 people over four years, and uh, after I left engineering, I thought, you know, maybe I'll get into entertainment. And I found it very difficult to find a job. So I was like, you know what, let me, maybe I should do my MBA. So I decided to do an MBA in marketing. And, and, and the, whole, the, whole, the hope was that I would then transition into doing more stuff with film and television. But after I finished my MBA, I still found it difficult because most of my contacts, and at that time I wasn't as good as a networker as I am now, didn't have, didn't have the contacts. So the next best thing was to do brand marketing. So I would do brand marketing for corporate. And then while I was there, I was also kind of looking for a creative outlet. So I decided to do performing through Second City, uh, doing comedy with them. And so that was kind of my life for a little bit. And then uh, after doing that, you know, still feeling unfulfilled and kind of lost what I wanted to do. Finally, I decided to leave. And everyone had been saying different things for me to do. Actually, the, the truth is crisis hit. You know, I had a health issue with diabetes. My wife had a health issue with, um, with E. coli and it was a very difficult three, four months. And then after it was over, I was like, now what do, what do I want to do with myself? So I really dove into my personal brand to figure out what is it I want to do. And the thing that kind of came out of this whole process was a uh, professional speaker. And I knew it was always there. My friends had told me this. I had corporate colleagues say, hey, Bobby, you're very good at doing team building events. You ever thought about doing this for a living? I'm like, no, no, not yet. I'm trying to make it big in the corporate world. And uh, finally, 
once that hit me, I was like, you know what? Let me just go for it. And what was interesting about that is that that was 14 years ago, and I haven't looked back. So it, you know, before it was like four years this, three years that, two years this. Finally, like I hit the thing and I went forward, and now it's been great because it aligns with what I do. And over the years, I focused on soft skill development in the beginning. Then I started getting into networking and then personal branding. Then I started talking about social media and digital influence. I became a social media influencer, and that also propelled my expertise in that area. And now pretty much everything I talk about is called the Power of Connection. So that's kind of my brand, the hashtag Power of Connection. I have a daily live stream on LinkedIn where I call it the Power of Connection channel. And everything is about Power of Connection, where personal brand is connection with the self, networking is connection with others, digital influence is connection with the world. And then speaking has been the main thing, but now I've dabbled into um, some coaching as well as some consulting around employee engagement, personal branding, leadership development. And I have a couple of programs that I also, uh, you know, pitch and promote uh, along with my coaching. But speaking is the main thing that I do and the main thing that I love. And did I see somewhere that you're a te- teacher as well at a college somewhere? Yeah. So I also teach. I've taught quite a bit, actually. I was a okay. GMAT teacher for many, many years, for about 15 years. I also taught executive education at one university. And then I also was a professor at, and currently I'm a professor at uh, York University teaching uh, fourth year strategy. So I've always dabbled in the academic fields as well. My goodness, listening to all that, it's, it's quite a heavy portfolio for one man to handle. So before we talk about how you manage your time and build all that, so uh, the key thing I gleaned from one of your past interviews was, uh, you know what, there was a time you were struggling to, like you said, the allure of making it big in the corporate world was huge and it was a driver to you. And then yes. when you now decided 100% to take the plunge into entrepreneurship and quit the nine to five, you started getting, I mean, it was slow at first, but you started getting traction eventually. And now you've been on this path for 14 years. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, the power of, or the allure, I would say, of trying to stay and make a career in the corporate world versus following your inner passion and drive and seeing what you can pull out of yourself to make a business out there. Because it seems like the two are always very conflicting to a lot of people who have skills and talent that are noticed in the corporate world, but they feel they want either the safety of the corporate structure, but not realizing that if they let themselves shine authentically, they'll probably have more success outside a corporate structure. Yeah, so I mean, I think while I was in the corporate world, ultimately it comes down to uh, the drive to satisfy myself in terms of what I want to do and how I want to grow, but also satisfy the people around me. So in corporate, you end up satisfying, you try you try your best to satisfy your superiors, to impress them, to make them like you, to make them promote you and give you opportunity. In the, in the entrepreneurial world, I, I do my best to satisfy my audience and my clients and make sure they're, they're very happy. And that's a, that's a better position to be in because I have more control over it. Whereas when I was in corporate, I was kind of low on the peg and I'm trying to impress these people. And sometimes it's impossible, you know, like it, there's so much politics and other people that you're competing with. And so it's a little bit more difficult. At the same time, security was always, when I first had my first job, yeah, security, you know, I had my first paycheck, I had my first car. So I was like, oh, you know, this is really great. I didn't think about leaving. But after a while, I started to realize, you know what, I don't fit. And I don't feel like I'm one of those other people. I'd watch people and I'd see how they were. And honestly, most people were unhappy. Like they complained a lot about being in the workplace. They complained a lot about being there. I'm like, what makes you say? Well, I'm making good money. I said security. I'm like, okay. But then the part that started to get to me was like, you know, and someone told me this. It was an entrepreneur, and they, and they said, every year in January, you know exactly how much you're going to make. From January to December, you know, 
barring a, a 1.5 or 3% you know, bonus, you know what you're going to make that whole year. Now, some people find that secure. This person found it stifling because they're like, oh, well, if the, if the bar is set that I, I can only make $70,000 this year, well, that sucks. And as an entrepreneur, you can make not, you know, infinite, but, you know, it's certainly there's no constraint. Yes. That really hit me. It really did hit me. That was the first thing that hit me. The second thing was I was I remember doing my MBA. There was people coming out saying, OK, if you want to become a star CEO of your of your corporation, it's going to take 60 hour weeks for 20 years. And and I was like, well, wait a second. I don't want I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life 60, 70 hours a week for a company, you know, working for the man building their dreams like. I said, what if I want to be, what if I want to have some work-life balance or if I want to like, can I still be a star CEO if I, you know, work my butt off for like maybe five, 10 years and then kind of scale it down? I said, can I be a star CEO? They said, no, you can be a star director, but that's it. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it made me realize, okay, you know what? Uh, as much as corporate will serve me when it comes to some income, some training development, mentorship, things like that, eventually I knew I had to leave. And so that's when, you know, things really hit the fan. And also when I had the health problems and I realized the corporate entity didn't, want, didn't really care. The number one thing that corporates care about is, is the bottom line. And of course, you know, I understand that. But if you're a people person, like it, you, you, the best you can go is number two. So I have to take care of myself. And so as an entrepreneur now, I can fully take care of myself and my needs and my family needs, things like that. Mm. So that's kind of why. I transitioned out and I haven't looked back. Mm, awesome. I love that story. I love that story. So now talking about what you currently do in the power of connections with your conversations, your, your speeches, your training programs, let's dive a little bit more into that. Why did sure. you decide after everything else that you had talked about, why did you feel connections are actually the main thing to focus on now, especially given the fact that we're kind of seemingly more connected than we've ever been in terms of all the social media tools that we have at our disposal, all the tech tools we have at our disposal. But yet, I think somewhere, I think I read in the Harvard Journal of Medicine or something that loneliness is not the number one epidemic around yeah. the world. You know, that it's a big crisis, especially people that are posting happy times on Instagram. When you actually go to the back end of it, these are lonely people seeking attention. So why did you feel connections are where you wanted to focus your energies and your time on now? Well, the truth is it evolved, right? I mean, when I, when I first started my um, speaking business, I was all about leadership soft skills. And then as I started going along, I started to find out from people, you know, what are some of the things they're struggling with? And in the beginning, the thing that really struck me was people really needed more help with networking and how to build relationships. And so that's a connection piece that kind of came into play. And then as online started to you know, become more prevalent, I started to see that people struggle with the connecting piece, whether it's online LinkedIn or, or Facebook messaging or whatever it might be. How do I connect online? You know, social media certainly amplified the reach and it created multiple and infinite touch points for people. But the ability to, to connect authentically, the ability to process emotions, the ability to connect on a deeper level we were losing that significantly because of all the SMS and short messaging systems that people were engaging in for like 10 years. And now people, you know, don't know how to connect deeper, deeper than a, uh, you know, a, a 10 word uh, text message. So this connection aspect is still there. And so while I'm still helping people with networking and building relationships authentically in person, I am now also helping, you know, tons of people authentically connect online because there's so many different platforms out there. How do I use LinkedIn? How do I use Twitter? How do I use Facebook? How do I create a video? How do I stop from being that fake and authentic people on Instagram? Like there, people don't know how to do it. 
And so it just it was a natural fit for my brand. And, and as my brand evolved, I realized, yeah, you know what? What's the number one thing that I'm good at? And part of it was reinforced by my TEDx talk. The first TEDx talk I did, they said, Bobby, what is your biggest idea? What's your big brand? I was like, oh, let me think about that. And the idea I came up with, well, the number one thing I'm, all, I'm known for is being a connector and being a teddy bear. So let me do a TED talk on that. And ever since then, Power Connection has been a big thing in what I do. Cool, cool. Love that. So now talking about connection and connecting, I know we got connected on LinkedIn. You're t- you teach people about connecting on LinkedIn. So could you break it down further and let's say take, for example, using LinkedIn as a case study. How does one authentically show up on LinkedIn every day? Because you know everybody there is on the professional mindset. They're trying to either connect I would say vertically or horizontally, but at the yeah. same time, you don't want to overpost so that people think you're not bragging or you're not irritating them or something like that. So, so how does one approach LinkedIn from both perspectives, both on the personal side and on the professional side? Well, the, well, the first thing to keep in mind is what is your objective? Like, why are you on LinkedIn? Is it to look for a job? Is it to build thought leadership? Is it to network and meet new people? Like, everyone has different objectives. So the first thing is to know what your objective is. Now, let's say for argument's sake, your objective is I want to build a stronger brand online, which is a very common thing now. You know, uh, about three years ago, the number one thing people use LinkedIn for was uh, career exploration, exploration and research. But now it's a really great platform for building thought leadership. People are spending time there. So let's say you want to do that. So then the question is, if you want to be authentic, I mean, the, the truth is, if you have an objective that makes sense, then when you post or have a strategy, just focus on what is your real heart's desire that you want to achieve? And what can you do to express that desire and build that thought leadership in a way that's authentic and real to you? So what that means is really talking about, you know, what you're really feeling, what you're going through. So if you're looking to and what you really want to share. So for me, I share content on networking and connection and employee engagement. That's fine. That's what I talk about. But other people may want to share something about their own. Like maybe they want to talk about real estate. They want to talk about technology or smartphones. You know, just be yourself and talk that way. And when it comes to the personal versus professional thing, authenticity comes with a mix. You know, like branding is nice to be consistent, but I like to do an 80-20 rule. 80% should be on brand with what you normally would talk about. And 20% can be completely off topic. So sometimes I'll talk about my my kid's birthday, or I'll talk about you know something I'm struggling with, or I'll talk about a mental health issue, and that's totally fine too. The truth is, when you're real and authentic and genuine and honest, people love that. And if you're and, and if, if you're selling, people don't like that. I mean, you you can sell every once in a while, but not all the time. And the other thing I'll suggest is, you know, it's always good to just provide value. Like if you're not providing value, then that's where you start to lose people. I mean, I could certainly make a video or do a live stream. But if I just, you know, just start ranting or start doing, you know, various things, maybe I'm not creating the value that I want. So what are you doing to create that value? So for me, that's a big thing too. So in terms of creating value and being on brand, let's talk a little bit more about that personal brand because branding means a lot of things to a lot of people. So when you say you're on brand, is it, okay, this is, I have to show up always looking in a suit and tie. I only talk about business or I'm not the jokey jocular, funny type of person. What does it mean to have a strong personal brand that is not only authentic to you, but is also something that you want the whole world to know you for? Well, the general idea of branding is what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to remember? And what do you want people to expect from you as your promise to them? Right? So, you know, for me, it's authenticity, humor, warmth, 
expertise, right, in my particular area. So that's what I deliver. That's what I promise. For other people, it might be something else, you know. So you can create whatever brand you want. I mean, if you want to wear a suit and tie all the time, go for it. If you want to wear that fancy blue glasses like I'm wearing, go for it. Ultimately, you know, your brand is something that if you don't take ownership of it, everyone else will own it for you because your brand's based on the perceptions of other people and how they experience and feel you. So if they feel terrible about you or they feel great about you, that's great, but you have to, if you need to know what it is, so you can take ownership of it and start managing that brand and, and mo- moving in a certain way. If I wanted to become Mr. Always Dress Nicely guy, I could do that. It would take some time, but after a couple of months, people say, oh, Bobby's always you know, polishedly dressed and his brand has evolved, and that's fine. But for the most part, it really comes with knowing what your target and objective is and then focusing on a consistent brand and promise you want to deliver to people. And if you do that, then I think you'll be good. Now, when it comes to networking and building professional relationships, how does one go about it? Because you and I met in the course of me trying to build a LinkedIn local, and that is a, a great platform for people wanting to come offline because we're hyper-connected to start building those authentic connections. But now, when it comes to networking, you know, I've gone to several networking events and people just come there, hey, this is who I am. Here's my business card, blah, blah, blah. Right. When it comes to networking, in your way as a master connector, what are some of the best ways to start networking authentically with people versus showing up the wrong way? Okay, so the three things that people do wrong with networking, number one, they have the wrong mindset. So they are either fearful of networking or they think it's stupid or they don't really understand how it works. I mean, whether the word is networking, it's basically cultivating positive relationships. That's what it is. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is they don't have the tactics or strategies. They don't know, like, well, how do I approach a person? What do I say? What do I ask them? How do I follow up? Most people don't know these things or they don't know how to do it properly. Or they think they know this thing, they do it and they know they do it wrong. Like, hey, I'm gonna go, hi, business card. Like that's not <laughs> that's not how it works, right? So they they think they know, but they don't know. And the third thing that people screw up with networking is not having a plan. Failing the plan is planning to fail. So having a plan to you know who you want to meet and why what's your what's the objective that planning is a really big part of it because once you have that plan and you have the strategies and tactics and have the mindset then you can go in with the right approach to meet people authentically to ask them right questions to invest in them and ultimately i think networking and relationship building starts with you providing service providing value investing in others don't sell give i'm a big giver so when I network with people, my first job is to understand what's going on with you, what's your story, what are you, what are you doing, how can I help you? That, that, that is my networking motto. How can I help you? And, and that's the first thing I think about. I don't think about selling because you can't sell that first initial contact. It's impossible. What you want to do is build that connection, that relationship, that it will lead to something later on, and then maybe something comes down the pipeline. But Ultimately, you're trying to build relationships and plant the seeds and cultivate something really nice. Having the right tactics, having the right strategy, and having the right mindset is going to go a long way for you to be really effective as a networker. That's what makes the like the master networkers. There's always like three to five people in a room that are the one everyone remembers, right? Absolutely. There's always when you go to, there's always someone everyone remembers, right? You want to be that person, and there's ways to do that, and it comes through with the tactics and the follow up and the objectives in the planning. Mm, because I interviewed Bob Berg last week after reading his book, The Go-Giver, and what he said was, well, okay, if you want to get, you have to kind of give and serve people through servant leadership and giving. And I was like, okay, in my business, I'm going to start practicing it. So, so this week, all I did was stuff that people would normally pay me for, 
I did it for free for like potential clients, whether they work with me or not. I, I didn't even bring up the topic of OPEO. I just said, oh, this is what my company does. I, I looked at your profile. I thought you'd need one of these. Here you go. Here are some introductions to help you in getting other podcasts, blah, blah, blah. I have no expectation whatsoever from doing this right now. But I was like, this is something I've never tried before because nobody taught me this in business school. It was just like a random chance meeting and an interview on a podcast that taught me this. So I was like, wow, let's see if you can actually put this into practice and see what's going to come out of it. So it's an experiment that I'm, That's great. That I'm one week into now, but I'm hoping that by maybe mid next year, I'll start seeing what this new mentality of giving first is going to give and produce in my life. Yeah, and the truth is providing value is what's going to make you more memorable. It's also going to make people trust you more, and that's going to lead to better engagement and potential transactions, yes. So now, Bobby, we've talked about personal branding, we've talked about connections, we've talked about networking. What else do you currently coach people and train people on that's a significant challenge that many professionals face today? Well, there's different, there's different things. I mean, probably the, the most common things people want my support on with coaching, one is transition. So how do I go from this job to this job or leave this industry to a new industry? How do I leave corporate and start entrepreneurship? So they want to transition out to that next phase of their life. That's one thing. The second thing is what I call ramping up. So how do I ramp up my career in this industry? How do I ramp up my business you know, and, and build up a thought leadership profile? That's the second one. And the third one usually has something to do with speaking. So I'm a speaker coach. So I help people build speaker brands. They want to do more speaking full-time or part-time. They want to start making income as a speaker. They want to build a thought leadership brand as a speaker. So I'll coach people along that process. Those are probably the, the most common things I'll help people with. Although, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it's very, like, you know, some, something very specific. Like, hey, can you help me get a TED Talk? Sure. Or, you know, can you help me? Build my confidence. Sure. I mean, those are basic things, but I can certainly do those things. But that's the, the general take is career transition, development, like business development or career development, and then, uh, and then uh, you know, sp- uh, speaking. Now, in terms of building a speaker career and speaker business, I know yeah. it ranges the gamut from, take for example, someone like uh, you, that is five times TEDx speaker, professional, you've done it all your life, you know, to somebody that just wants to give their first let's say Chamber of Commerce or Rotary Talk and right. and just start getting over the fear of public speaking before they can ask if they can make money out of it. There's the formal structure of making money out of it, but there's also the fear of, okay, how do I create a speech that people are going to want to enjoy listening to? So can you talk a little bit more about what it takes to actually build a memorable speech that people will always want to listen to and call you to keep sure. delivering? So one of the big things to understand when it comes to being a, a memorable speaker is, you know, really focusing on your audience, right? So knowing who your audience is, what they feel, what are their challenges, what are their pain points, what are the things that make them happy, make them feel good, because everything you talk about has to resonate with that audience. Now, another big challenge that speakers have trouble with is coming up with the right topic. They, you know, like what is the right, like what are your what are your key topics that your audience would really care about? Because People come up with topics, the ones that I coach, they come up with topics, and I'm like, yeah, but why should I care? Why would the audience care about this? You have to find a way to make it care. So that, that's another thing. And the third thing is storytelling. You know, being able to take stories of your life or the stories of other people and to create a compelling case for what it is you're talking about. At the end of the day, you want them to do one thing. You can't, you can't let them do, make them do 17 things. 
what's the one thing you want them to take away from this uh, thing? Is it invest in your personal brand? Is it network with more authenticity? Is it to go, go do more speaking? What is it? Once you figure out what that is, you then want to create a path and a story arc to that point where you drill home. Here's why we're doing this. So for me, storytelling is a great tool to create that emotional resonance with, with the audience. And I think those are probably three big tips that can help you become a better speaker. Mm, but is storytelling something that can easily be learned? Because there are some people that are exceptionally good naturally at telling stories. Yeah. They're like, oh, you sit down at the bar, you can listen to them for hours. And then there are some people that they find it extremely difficult, though they know what to say. But when it comes to like making it interesting, engaging, memorable, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, it's, it's a little difficult to put together. So whether it's storytelling or speaking or networking, right, even if we're inexperienced or we're, or we're cold at first, again, practice makes permanent. The more you practice, the more permanent those skills will become. And every single one of those things have certain strategies, tactics, and mechanics that can take you to a certain point. But yeah, you're right. How do you get to that other point where it's natural and you're, you know, you're, the energy is there? Again, that takes coaching, that takes practice. But the more you practice and the more you get feedback and get or someone to coach you, you can get to that point. So, you know, I can take someone who's a nervous networker or a super shy speaker and turn them into something really amazing. The way I do it is a focus on their strengths. Like, what are their strengths? So, if I meet a quiet, introverted person who can't, who has trouble speaking, I find out what their their challenges are, but I also look at what their strengths are, and their strengths are often like. Uh, introverts, for example, their strengths are introspection, listening, reflection. They can take pauses. They are more comfortable with silence. So if you're an introvert, you're more comfortable with silence than, say, an extrovert like myself. Use the silence in your speech or TED Talk to just really wow everybody. There are, there are ways around that. Uh, or the other thing is to learn what your energy is. Everyone has different energy from their stance to their smile to their arms and their hands. What is your energy? And if you know what that is, you can leverage that to a huge level. So there's different ways to do that with different people, but I think everyone has the ability to learn the mechanics and get good at that. But then with practice and with coaching can actually get become quite natural at it and become quite good at it. Cool. So as we wrap up the podcast interview, I think it's really been a pleasure learning more about the mechanics of all these things. I guess for my own case, I've always been an introvert, but because of the podcast I've done for all these years, I've learned to be more comfortable speaking and talking to people as opposed to listening. So that it was interesting to hear that you can actually use silence because I can be somewhere and I won't say a word and I'm perfectly okay right. with that. But now using that in a speech, that, that's an interesting way of thinking about, you know, communicating more. So thank you very My much. My pleasure. But before I let you go, so tell us a little bit more about what you're currently working on and where people can reach you, get a copy of your book and connect with you. Okay, so uh, I'm working on a lot of things as always. Uh, one is I have a startup called DYPB Discovery Personal Brand, and we're doing uh, workshops and doing corporate trainings on personal branding, storytelling, behavioral styles, things like that. We're also running LinkedIn Locals every every uh, two months. Uh, next one's coming up November 21st, and then we're doing stuff four times per year coming up. I also run coaching programs, so I have a seven-day speaker conference program for beginners. I have a speaker mastermind for advanced speakers. I also have a networking master program, and I also have a personal branding pr uh, program for people who want to start to align in their career. And then finally, I'm also starting to dabble into more coaching, consulting around employee engagement. And finally, if people want to see my live streams, you, they can check out my live streams on LinkedIn uh, every couple of days. I do a live stream where I talk about employee engagement, leadership development, things like that. And I also have a company page on LinkedIn that I post a lot of content on. So 
I'm doing stuff pretty much every day. You can and you can find everywhere everywhere you go. And uh, you can find me at rayallen.com as a speaker. You can find me at dypb.ca as the uh, for the for the the startup for Discover Personal Brand. And then uh, what was the last thing you said? You mentioned one more thing. Which oh my book, my book. Uh, it's called uh, How to Network Anytime, Anywhere with Anyone. It's available on Amazon. Cool. I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes when this episode goes awesome. live. Bobby. Thanks a lot for coming to share your story and for teaching us all these things about how to become a better connector and a better networker. I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the show, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show and it tells me if I'm doing a good job or not and what type of guests to bring that can impart solid wisdom to help you grow on your entrepreneurial journey. Once again, you can always email me at info at odogwu.com. That's info at odogwu.com to let me know you know if you want a different type of guest or if you even want to be considered as a guest on the show so till next time guys have a great day stay bulletproof and of course i'll catch you on the next episode of the bulletproof entrepreneur podcast <laughs>